Hi there, this is Fiona from IELTS with Fiona and this week I'm talking about fast speech, fast, fluent, connected speech for the listening test and how you can improve your ability to decode fast speech. Decode means basically break it down to its original meaning. I decided to write this blog because I got a message. I'm not sure what your name was. You didn't leave your name, sorry. But I got a message on my daily tips and it said, I have difficulty with hearing the accent. I'm getting it when the audio is slow, but I get lost when it becomes fast. So I decided to go through my two pronunciation courses and find things which would be useful specifically for listening. Now, the two pronunciation courses are all about, obviously, obviously sounds, silent letters, weak sounds, things like that, and the kind of common words that people mispronounce. But what I've done is apply that to what you might misunderstand because of things that happen in fast speech. Now, I don't expect you to adopt all the features of fast speech for, for your own speaking. That is quite difficult, but it is quite easy to recognise them when you know that they exist and, and why they exist. So I find this quite fascinating because, as you know, I've got a Welsh accent. So I don't have a, a perfect received pronunciation accent by any means. And because I've lived in England for the last 15 years, years, see, my Welsh accent would say you but I've had to adapt it or I don't know if I've adapted it or just, you know, when you live surrounded by an accent, your, your accent changes. But it fascinates me. It really fascinates me. So things that I might say, like I would say music in Welsh with the Welsh accent um, would be music in south of England where I live. And I've been watching a lot of Dr. Jeff Lindsay's videos on YouTube. Just don't miss them. I've learned so much about pronunciation from him. In fact, he's got a video called Why I Say YouTube. A lot of people say YouTube because of the t and y sounds. I think that's fascinating. He said Americans tend to say YouTube without the y, without the tube. And he said Welsh people never adopted that u sound from music. So they will say music and tube. And that's exactly what I say. So I find it really fascinating, but also how easy it is to adapt your pronunciation if you just copy the sounds. So I know I still sound very Welsh, but I know I can say tube and year instead of tube and your and, and so on. So I, I, I think it's fascinating because I'm coming at it from the position of uh, a learner. And I would say learner in Welsh. I know around here they say learner. So 
yeah, that's what I did. And I spent the last week writing a complete guide to this. So I did a lot of research. I watched all of Dr. Lindsay's uh, YouTube videos and a lot of other ones, but I tried to simplify it. So it's only relevant to the IELTS listening test. So there's a lot more, obviously, about fast speech, but it almost won't affect you in the IELTS listening test because there are those three levels of fast speech or three levels of, let's say, English learning fast speech. And an, another expert um, talks about this and calls it the, the garden no, the greenhouse English, the garden English and the jungle English. And, and I love that. And it says, if you go to the dictionary, 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 both OK, you'll find the greenhouse, the, the perfectly protected, uh, re, you know, received pronunciation. And then if you use course books, you'll you'll find they've been graded and scripted for you. So they're they're the garden version. They're a bit more difficult because they could be, you know, higher level, but they're still graded. They're not completely natural fast speech. And that's what IELTS is. And then the jungle is real life when you, you know, watch YouTube videos, movies, podcasts people speaking naturally in the street, that will sound completely different from the greenhouse variety or, or even the garden variety. So with IELTS, of course, it's really carefully scripted. They will never have the speech so fast that it's incomprehensible. And my bet is that they will carefully and, oh, and clearly and over, they'll overpronounce uh, words and phrases so that you don't miss them. So to a certain extent, you don't need to worry too much from that point of view. There are accents. Of course, they've got a variety of Australian, New Zealand, South African, Scottish. They do use accents, but again, the, the accent isn't going to interfere with your comprehension well, it, it shouldn't. It, it, it really shouldn't because then it would be unfair. And the IELTS exam has to be fair to everyone, no matter where you live in the world. It, it has to pr produce a, a reliable standard of um, Mark Hancock calls it teacheries, which I like because there's that kind of language that mothers use with their babies. It's called motheries. It's that way of speaking to babies and children. And he says teacheries is the way that teachers kind of slow down and, and make their speech a bit more comprehensible. I try not to do that. I try to keep it as natural as possible. But I think it's inevitable that depending on what level of learners you're teaching, you are going to grade your language and, and slow down. So let's get back to the blog. The blog is uh, brand new. It's February the 10th. I wrote it on my birthday and there are seven aspects of connected speech that I talk about. 
Of course, the guide, which is 34 pages long, is goes into a lot more detail. And that has videos from my course. Uh, and some of them are public, some of them are not. So I'm going to make a, another full course out of this guide. So if you're just picking this up for the first time, let's have a look at those seven things that you need to develop a better understanding of in order to increase your listening score. And the first one is a huge category. It's the features of connected speech. It's what happens when people talk fast. What happens to the sounds that you are familiar with from your learning and they change. <laughs> so I've got the five key changes Number one, I've said, is dropped sounds. So people are lazy. They streamline their speech. They try to get their message across as easily as possible. So they will drop sounds if they don't need them. So yesterday I was shopping and my husband said, I need some white wine, white wine, white wine. It's very hard to say white wine. So the t is dropped. And, and that happens with, with so many words. I'm clicking between my blog and my guide at the moment because in the guide, it's got a lot more examples. Um, yeah, so so dropping letters. Uh, let me find, like, don't you say goodbye. You don't say goodbye. And don't forget. You, you don't say don't forget. And it's often the t and the d sounds which are dropped. If you say used to, you know, I used to smoke, you don't say I used to, it's impossible. So, so that dropping of sounds is important for listening, but also important for you to develop natural sounding speech. The second thing is extra sounds. This is quite hard. It was really hard for me as a with with my Welsh accent to, to hear these sounds. So um, if you imagine that, mm, how can I explain? Let's see. Okay, I've got an example here. So in British English, you are becomes your, your. There's no your, it's your. There's no R sound. But if it's followed by a vowel, then you need the R to make the smooth link. So if you want to say you're a band eight, you might say you're an eight. But that will come out you're an eight, you're an eight. The R will reappear. It's the linking R. So I heard this the other day and somebody said, or the, the captions said urinate because it picked up the R. And this is this causes so many problems. And there are three called intrusive sounds. So there's the R. Um, and that just appears when there isn't one in the spelling. So, for example, law and order becomes law and order. And there's a W sound and a, a Y sound as well. Um, so that causes all kinds of problems. Number three is the moving sound. So if you think about a word like a, an ice cream 
and a nice cream, it's impossible to hear the difference between those two. A nice cream, a nice cream, it's impossible because the N from the UN moves to the ice. And that happens with all vowel sounds when the UN comes before them. And the N N sound also causes problems if it comes before uh, difficult sounds like a D or a B. So hand bag is impossible to say quickly. So the N D becomes ham bag, ham bag, H A M. And of course, that's that's hard to hear. And then finally, what happens when things are stressed and unstressed? I just posted a video on YouTube if you want to look at that example. It's about when we say, are you? In fast speech, you would say, are you? Are you? But then the answer might be, yes, we are the full form. So the weak form, the unstressed forms and the stressed forms are really important. So this brings us really to the second feature, which is weak sounds. The first feature was all about dropping sounds, extra sounds, moving sounds, changing sounds. The second one is what happens with weak sounds. Now, you you recognize a lot of these. You, You know people say, I wanna, instead of I want to. So the to often becomes just a, like I'm gonna. Um, Of, you know, a cup of tea is a cup of tea. So the of often becomes a a. And the and, so you know fish and chips, the and usually becomes n or un. So that's when they're in phrases, but also the words like comfortable, which when you're learning, you might say it as comfortable. It's a really commonly mispronounced word because we know table or able. So we say comfortable, but we need the weak sound, comfortable. And the same for chocolate. People say chocolate because of the eight, late. We know late at the end. So we need that schwa, the weak sound. And then if you if you say comfortable, imagine it comes up in the listening test and it does. So I've got a link there to a video. You can see it and you hear comfortable. You, you, you won't have any idea what that word is and, until you've practiced all of these what happens with weak sounds. And I've also got a video of the words that end in ut, like separate. Could be looks like separate, but graduate but it's separate, graduate, and so on. And function words are hard to hear because they're not so important. So you might learn, shall we go? But somebody said this to me the other day, should we go? Should we go? They don't pronounce shall at all. They just say, should we go? So dropping those kind of weak function words is important to get used to hearing that. The third point is spelling sound confusions. And this again comes from the way people learn. They they usually learn at school from a course book and they're just reading it and they're not often hearing the sounds. So I've got this in my 101 most mispronounced words list and course. It's a full course, 28 days. So I can't cover everything here. 
But the main things are silent letters. So things like uh, knowledge, you might say it knowledge. So then you don't recognize knowledge or answer. People say answer. Um, homophones, exactly the same sound. Um, allowed, allowed, double L O W and A L O U D, exactly the same sound. Guest, source. In fact, can you try to guess those spellings before you see my blog? Um, contractions. I always encourage my students to use contractions in their speaking test. And they they really feel uncomfortable using them. Again, if you're not used to it, then you won't hear it. So he will becomes he'll or he'll even in really fast speech. He'll 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 come. It 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 changes from he will. And if you've learned future tenses will, then you'll never hear he'll when they're testing you on those distractors about the tenses. Um, there's the third person plurals. When you say he knows, then that produces N-O-S-E, knows. And the, the most common mistake I, I correct is the third form, the S. So if you don't use the S and you say he know, then when you suddenly hear he knows, you'll think it's the nose on your face, if you see what I mean. You can see how that causes confusion. And then there are problems with things like past tenses. So um, seen, oh, I've just noticed I've misspelt it, sorry. S-W-E-N is seesaw seen. And then you've got a scene from a movie, S-C-E-N-E. And, you know, exactly the same sound. So that's spelling sound confusion. Again, I've got whole lists of that in my um, 101 mispronounced words. Number four is short and long vowels. In the blog, I don't talk about this too much. I just give you the one example. And basically, it's because some languages don't have the i, the short i, or the a, short a, or even the e, short e. And if you don't have those sounds, then you'll substitute them. So words like head and had end and men man you might say them the same so if you say them the same you'll hear them the same so you the answer in the test could be man but you might hear men or vice versa and and that is going to cause problems with like gap fills and that brings us to number 5 accents again it, it's not Accents are not right or wrong. They're just they're just different. So I've got a video on the blog there about um, the New Zealand accent. The Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern saying bid instead of bed. I would say bed. She says bid, not wrong or right. But if you live in Australia or New Zealand, you might hear that all around you. And then suddenly in the IELTS test, you you hear it differently. And that causes confusion. The problem with the American accent, the more I look into this, the more fascinating and interesting this is. So Dr. Jeff Lindsay, and so I've confirmed it with him, that the American accent doesn't use the short or. It's, it's called the lot vowel or. 
they they would have more ah a lot sound um so that causes all kinds of problems in in america they would say um i've written here they're awesome i would say or awesome but because they would say they're awesome to me it sounds like there are some now maybe look at the blog so you can see all of these spellings but they're completely different meaning but in american english there are some sounds like there are some to me to a, a british speaker and another phenomenon which i have noticed in the ielts test is the difference in north and south of the uk so i say luck l u c k good luck but my husband would say look so he'd say good look and of course look and luck different words but he pronounces the, them the same and that oh pronunciation has come up again in the IELTS listening test i've got a video of it as well um point number 6 is about voiced and unvoiced sounds now this is really a lot to do with your first language again whether you have maybe the sounds like ch and j or ch ch and sh so search for me um might sound like surge so the voiced j and the unvoiced ch is is quite difficult to help my students with those two sounds if they can't hear it and then there's chair and share ch and sh but also consonants like b and p for my arabic students so they might confuse pig and big and also things like loose with the unvoiced and loose with the voiced z and so people who might say uh you usually would would find that j sound they might say usually which actually my uncle from north wales says he says usually and so the sh j sound if you don't have it then it'll be difficult to hear and finally and this really prompted was prompted by that question that i got he said i have difficulty hearing the accent he actually wrote accent a double s e n t now my guess is that's a consonant cluster problem because he a lot of learners have trouble saying accent because of the consonant two consonants coming together the accent so this you might recognize in yourself in, instead of success you might say success or access might become assess and 60 maybe 60 banks maybe bank banks yeah i heard a student the other day see you next week next week and it was perfectly understandable but i wondered why she dropped the k next week and not the t i listened to youtube clips and i heard 
all accents, American, British, and they drop the t. So they would say next week, see you next week. No, sorry, wrong way around. Uh, they would say neck week, neck week, neck week. So they drop the t, but this student dropped the k. And that's important to know because you can drop sounds, but which sounds do you drop, isn't it? So there you go. I've gone through in a very fast way, fashion, a very fast fashion, um, my, my seven pronunciation tips for the IELTS listening test. If you would like any of those in more detail, first thing you could do is on the website, I've got the guide available to buy. So that goes through everything. Um, there are, as I mentioned, two pronunciation courses and they go through every single sound of the alphabet and how that sound is affected by other sounds. And it also encourages you to... Uh, Look, look look, at the spellings and how the spelling sounds are different and to notice and use the weak sounds. So that's all in the course if it's something that interests you. I probably go into too much detail, but that would be great for teachers. If you teach English or you teach IELTS, then this guide is a, is a really, I think it's a nice handy guide that you can keep with you and refer to very quickly whenever you get uh, a question from a student or you want to give a few more examples. All right, so that's on my website, ielsetc.com. If you found this useful, please do give me a like on my YouTube channel. Um, leave me a comment on the blog. You can contact me there and I'll get right back to you. Um, I'm also on Twitter and I've recently got a new account on LinkedIn because I accidentally deleted my whole other account. account. So if you're on LinkedIn, if I would love um, to meet you and I'm Fiona-Wattam on LinkedIn. So I hope to connect with you there. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.